Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Morning. I also almost don't want to get up here and talk. I just understand God's presence. It's amazing. And uh, I think God really wants to say something here today because I see there's a theme going uh, about God wanting to heal disappointments that we are carrying around. So, um, so I'm Pastor Christelle Faree. I lead this church with my husband, Matthew. And um, we are in a series, um, an Easter series that we're doing. And we're looking at East, it's called Easter People. I don't know if the slide is, yes, Easter people. And we are looking at the lives of people in the Easter story. So everyone that was involved in the Easter story. And we're looking at their interactions with each other and with Jesus. And through that, hoping to learn something. What is God saying to them? And maybe he's saying that same thing to us today. So we are looking at people from the Easter story. And of all the people um, in the Easter story, I've picked to speak about Peter. So more is written about Peter in the Gospels than any other person besides from Jesus now. Um, More is written about Peter than any other of the disciples. So I want to focus on Peter today and look at his life and how he interacted with Jesus. And Peter was a very... um, you know, he was a leader. He was impulsive, uh, ambitious, self-assertive, and he was very quick to commit to things. Uh, even if he didn't know the full story, he would commit. And I chose to preach about Peter because I can identify with him, especially in his shortcomings. Um, so he has many good qualities, but a few shortcomings, and I can identify with his shortcomings. I have a lot of them. I'm not going to name or list them now today, but um, if you know me, especially Matthew, he's like, yes, I have a lot of shortcomings, so I can identify with Peter, but what really encourages me is that, you know, Jesus loved Peter with all his shortcomings, and he could use Peter very powerfully with all his shortcomings, so that encourages me that Jesus loves me regardless of all my shortcomings, and that he can use me even, even if I fall short. So let's look at Peter as an example today. Now, during this East, the Easter story when Jesus was hanging on the cross, Peter was not even there. He was not at the cross. Because you see, the, the night before, Peter denied Jesus three times. He said that he doesn't know Jesus. Um, so he was so disappointed. Uh, the scripture should be on the, um, on the screen there. He said, I do not know the man. I don't know Jesus. And Jesus knew that Peter would do this. He knew that Peter would deny him. But still Jesus loved him. He foretold this, that Peter would do this. And Peter's response, so Jesus said in Matthew 26, I tell you the truth, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter, 
declared. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And being the leader, you know, influence, everyone else followed him and said, no, we, we won't do the same. But Peter said, I would never disown you. He was so self-assured and so sure himself. Uh, yeah, he had a lot, of, a lot of pride, if you can say it like that. I would never disown you. I'm devoted to you. I will follow you. Even if everyone else leaves you, I will follow you. So Peter was really devoted to Jesus. You know, he left everything to follow Jesus. He left everything. And um, he had, and I think we sometimes also, we have good intentions, but we sometimes miss the will of God. Maybe this is not really how God intended it to be or planned it to be. The same with Peter. He didn't always understand the will of God. It was more like he thought it should be in a certain way, and then he just went for it. He took matters into his own hands. Like if something wasn't happening, he made it happen. Again, I can see myself in that. Um, you know, I want things to happen. If it's not happening, I will do it. And Peter did the same. When uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was praying and they came to arrest Jesus that night, Peter um, took out his sword and he cut off a man's ear. So he was very passionate. He wanted to save Jesus. You know, no one else is doing anything. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to defend Jesus. But that was not really, that was not really God's plan. He was, he was acting in, in a way that he thought he should be doing it, that he thought was best. He was the one that fixed the problems. So if there was a problem, he was the guy that fixed it. Now, Peter was a man with a lot of flaws. Uh, so much so that um, Jesus once had to rebuke him and said, get behind me, Satan. He didn't understand the will of God. He was speaking out of his own idea of what he thought God's will was. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You don't understand the will of God. Now, I don't know how you would feel if someone had to say that to you, but I would have been a little bit hurt. But the amazing thing about Peter is that, that he was still following Jesus. So he was quite um, immune to these. I don't know how he felt. It doesn't say in the Bible what he felt. Uh, but I can just imagine. But the thing about Peter is he just kept going. He just still followed Jesus. And he was the only one that stepped out of the boat. So they, were in a, they crossed the Sea of Galilee. And they were in a, there was a storm. You might know the story. The wind came up, and Jesus wasn't with them in that boat. And they were so afraid. And then they saw a man walking on the water towards him, and it was Jesus. And when Peter realized it was Jesus, he was the only one that had the guts to step out of that boat and walk towards Jesus. But you probably know the story that he started doubting. Uh, I think I would do that as well. Uh, and he was worried, and he started sinking, and Jesus had to grab him. But I have to give it to Peter. He was the only one of the disciples that actually stepped out of that boat in the first time. So he was a leader. He was the guy that made things happen if it wasn't happening. Peter was devoted to Jesus, and then later transformed by God. And that's the part I want to get to, the transformed part today in my message. 
Uh, but like I said, I am like Peter. Now, if you don't know me yet, or I'll give you some examples out of my own life, just how I am like Peter. <laughs> um, so I love God passionately. But, but sometimes in the way that I, I think it should be done, not really how God intended it to be. I don't always understand his will. Yes, I see some hands. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so just some examples to back up my statement that I am like Peter. Now, when God spoke to me in 2005 to get baptized, uh, it was 8 o'clock on a Thursday evening. I got this revelation that I should get baptized. I got up from that bed immediately. I drove in half an hour to my parents' place to tell them that next Sunday I'm going to get baptized. The first opportunity I had, I got baptized. Very impulsive. I wasn't someone who thinks a lot about why should I. I got a word from God and I acted out on it, like Peter. And then I left my home country because... We had a call from God. And we came here, and I, I didn't know we are going to lead this church. It's 15 years later. Here we are. I didn't have it all planned out. I just felt God calling me, and I went. And, yeah, and we joined the church, and we did whatever we needed to do, whatever needed to be done. Even if I wasn't very good at it, I still did it. Um, but, again, something I think Peter would do. And then when Bill Johnson and Randy Clark, they're two famous preachers from America, healing ministers, they had a healing seminar here a few years ago. And actually count as 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, yes, how old am I? Um, so 10 years ago, they came to Malmö on this, uh, with this healing seminar. And I was there. I made sure I was going to be there. And they advertised this youth power invasion. That was an outreach that they did in Brazil. So every year, they would take young people. That's not everyone under 29. And I just, just um, qualified for that one. So that was my last chance I had. So they advertised this. And there was probably about 600 people at this conference. And I was the only one from Alma that went on that, uh, that year's outreach. God did amazing things. I saw just amazing things happen. But I think you get the idea that I don't need a second invitation to, to act on something that God is saying to me. The same with Peter. He didn't overthink things. He acted impulsively and immediately. And it wasn't always the good thing, but sometimes it was, it was good. And the same with me. Um, but there comes a time and with Peter as well, and myself, that sometimes things happen that we don't understand. It, it's beyond our understanding. And the same with Peter. Peter was the guy who made things happen. But sometimes there's just things that's out of our control. We can do nothing about it. And Peter could do nothing about it when Jesus hung on that cross. He was powerless. He was faced with his human shortcomings. There was nothing that he could do. The man that he loved and he denied hung on that cross. And I can't imagine the remorse and the regret he must have felt. He was not even at the cross. And I can just 
It must have eaten him up on the inside, that regret and remorse. Everything was out of his power. And, you know, that he must have felt, I can just imagine, like, he must have felt like, you know, what's the reason to live? I left everything. He left everything to follow Jesus. He had this hope in Jesus. And now, Jesus was buried in a grave along with his hope. Everything was looked, uh, lost. And I don't know if you've ever stood next to an open grave. And I really hope you never have to do that. But that empty feeling... When you stand there, you can't explain that to anyone. That empty feeling that everything is lost. And I've stood next to our daughter's open grave. So we had two twin daughters. And as they cover them up with the ground, every stone that hit the coffin was like a knife through my heart. Like all my hope was lost. What is the reason to keep living? What is the reason to keep living? What's the point? That empty feeling, like you're living to like nothingness. There's nothing that matters anymore. And that's probably what Peter was, must have felt. You know, he left everything, and now everything that he, that he um, thought and hoped in was now lost. That empty feeling when Jesus was crucified and buried. And maybe you have a hopeless situation. And that's why I say there's a theme here today. God is speaking to us. You are maybe walking around with regret, like Peter. There's things that you regret in your life, and that is eating you up on the inside. There's maybe a situation that you just feel is out of your control. It's just hopeless. There's just no hope. But I want to tell you today that Jesus can turn any situation around. He has overcome the grave. So that is the amazing part of this story, is that Jesus is not dead anymore. He has risen. So on the third day, Jesus defeated death and the grave, and he stood up out of that grave. Death is not the end. And that is what God came to tell me when my twins passed away. I asked why. I was so confused and crushed. Why did God allow this to happen? I knew he could heal. Why did he allow this? And that's probably what Peter was asking. Why? Why did God allow the Messiah to die? Why? And my heart was torn and crushed, but God pursued me. He pursued my heart just like he did with Peter. Uh, when I was in the hospital with the twins and we were praying for them, the song came into my head. And the words of the song, I lift up my eyes, I lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. I lift up my eyes, I lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. Never heard that, those words before. Never heard that song. It just kept going in my head. So I decided to Google this these words. And there was actually a song that existed that had these words in it. Um, and I just took that, maybe the impulsive, impulsive peterness in me, I took that as a sign that God is saying he's going to heal my twins. 
He is the giver of life. He's going to heal them. So I believed God would heal them. I had faith that God would heal them. But a few days later, um, yeah, they passed away and they joined Jesus in heaven. So all my hope was gone. I couldn't understand. What about that, that promise? What about that song? And I was so confused, just like Peter must have been. Now, if we, I want us to play that song um, from the beginning, just a part of it, because I didn't have the whole picture. So if you listen to that song, we might get the whole picture. So just a few minutes. The words should be up on the screen. We could not save ourselves. He alone can rescue. He alone can save. He alone can lift us from that grave. And that is what he wanted to tell me with my twins. You see, God did answer my prayer. Just not in the way that I thought it should be done. Just like Peter. I had an idea of how things should be done. And God had a different idea. God did save my girls because Jesus hung on the cross for them. And Jesus hung on that cross for you. God made a way for us that death is not the end. He has made a way. He has overcome death and the grave. And then Jesus rose on the third day. And we read there in Mark 16. So this is now when the woman went to the tomb to go see, uh, to the, to see the grave. And we read there, there's an angel that sits um, by the grave. And he says to the woman, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where uh, he was put. But go and tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of them to Galilee. So Jesus rose again. He was not dead. He was alive. And that angel said, go and tell Peter. Go and tell Peter that I'm alive. Because Jesus knew how much Peter needed to know that he's alive. He sent a personal message to Peter. And then later on, he met them um, on the beach. He was grilling some fish for them on the beach while they were out fishing. And the boat was a distance from the shore. And when Peter recognized Jesus on that shore, 
he jumped overboard in his impulsiveness, like Peter is, you know. He jumped overboard and he started swimming to Jesus because he has encountered the grace of God. He has encountered that grace. Doesn't matter what he's done, he's forgiven, he's set free. Peter was a flawed man, and that gives me hope because it doesn't matter how many times I fail or how I fall short. There is still hope. And that is the message of Jesus and the cross. The undeserving mercy and grace of God. And Peter was the first disciple to declare that Jesus is Christ. Um, And Jesus said, on this rock, on this revelation of Jesus, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So on the day of Pentecost... So that's after Jesus has risen and ascended to heaven. A few days later, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And then God took that foolishness of Peter and he turned it and that boldness and he replaced it with the wisdom of God. And he took that boldness that he had and he turned it into a vehicle to start the early church. Because Peter, in his boldness, stood up in that crowd. And that crowd could have killed Peter because they killed Jesus just a few, few days before, a few weeks before. They killed him. It was very dangerous to be known as a Jesus follower right at that moment. But he stood up in that crowd and he testified of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins and the hope that we have in him. Because he had firsthand experience of that. This marvelous grace of Jesus Christ. And then he sent a personal, because he sent a personal message to Peter. He has risen. Can the band please come up? Shettle. (laughs) So Peter was a nobody. But Jesus made him somebody. He turned him into the most influential church leader. He took Peter's fiery personality and he started the early church. And one Peter, so Peter wrote two letters in the New Testament. One Peter, he wrote to the persecuted Gentiles about this, that they have a future hope. Because he had first-hand experience of that. Hope in the midst of suffering. So God can use anybody. Regardless of your shortcomings, regardless of your past, regardless of your personality type or your limitations that you have. He can use anyone. And he can turn that, whatever disappointment you have, into your best life. So this is, I don't know where you find yourself today, right now. I don't know what, maybe you're in financial debt. Maybe there's broken relationship or a disappointment. You may be walking around with disappointments in your life. Or you're standing next to an open grave, whatever that grave is to you. I want to tell you today that there is hope because Jesus has overcome that grave. He has overcome the grave and he is all-powerful. 
And he's saying to you today, like he did to Peter, go and tell Peter. So you can put your name in there. Go and tell mm, that I have risen from the grave. He has risen. He has overcome any problem that you are facing. He is the only one that can bring rest and restoration to your soul. So like Shettle said, I want us today to, to bring those disappointments to God. Whatever you're carrying. And I, I have a word here for someone today. Stina. Uh, when I saw you coming up the stairs, I am... Um, God's like, I have a word for her. I'm like, okay, what's the word? So he sees you. You are beautiful and faithful and beautiful. And he is also faithful. And he can bring things to life again. So whatever it is that you are carrying, you don't have to carry it alone. He is carrying it with you. And he can make it light. And I saw like butterflies dancing, you like butterflies dancing around you. Um, yeah, he's going to bring it, he's going to bring whatever that is to life again. So I want to bring a message today of hope, saying that there is hope regardless what you are going through today. Death is not the end. Nothing is too great for Jesus. So bring your challenges, bring your questions, bring your disappointments and your sorrows to him. There is healing and peace for your soul in the incomparable love of the cross. That love of the cross, that's where you're going to find healing and freedom. So I want to invite you forward now in the presence of the worship. I want to invite you forward. If you are walking around with disappointments, if you have a broken heart that needs healing, if you are standing next to an empty grave and there's just, you just feel all hope is lost, I want to invite you forward. Because Jesus can heal any disappointment. He brings healing to any broken heart. And if you need a savior to lift you out of your grave, I want to invite you to come forward and to give your life to Jesus. So as we worship now, you're welcome to come forward and we'd love to pray for you. I'd love to introduce you to Jesus if you don't know him yet.